Where's the money hiding in your business? Hey, I'm Jack Mancini, and we're here once again, 7 p.m. on Wednesday evening with 30 Secrets of Small Business. We, uh, we, when I say we, I'm talking about my esteemed co-host and partner, Adam Sunhalder. We've been together for over 15 years doing business coaching together, and we have seen just about everything there is to see in small business. We deal with small businesses, and we define that as from 1 to 25 employees. All the problems associated with the small business owners, we help them get out. We like to say we help them get unstuck from a state of how. But where are all the hidden money? Where, where's, where's money hiding in your company? If for some reason you're going to do a valuation with your company, and that could come because you're going to sell it or you just want to see what the company is worth, or there's other issues, perhaps legal issues or state issues of some type and kind. When you go through that process, and there is a process, very systematic, that basically adds back certain things to the profitability of the company. And when you start to go through that exercise, if you've been around for a few years with your company, you're going to find all kinds of little hidden secrets, if you will. And those are the secrets we're going to uncover tonight. So, Adam, why don't you take over and let us know what kind of dirty secrets or good secrets. They don't have to be dirty necessarily in this case that are lurking (laughs) in the financial statements of most small businesses, and we never really quite look at them that way. That's right. That's right. Well, we're we're all about dirty secrets, Jack. That's what our show's about, right? So no matter what it's going to be, as long as it's talked about in the show, it automatically makes it uh, brushed or you know, painted with that brush of dirtiness. <laughs> <laughs> right? All right. So you're welcome to be part of the show as always. We talk about that. Uh, thanks again for joining us this week. If you're new, welcome for the first time. For those of you loyal listeners, welcome ba- back. Glad to have you here. Uh, there's lots of ways to get a hold of us. If you want to be, if you want to be part of the show, uh, the easiest way to do that is we got our buddy Sean sitting by here ready for, to take your call. And you can get us here between 7 and 8 p.m. Eastern. And so if you're listening live, you can do that. Or if you're listening to the podcast and you want to talk to us, you can call in Wednesdays That's between 7 and 8 p.m. Eastern. That number is 440-946-9468. Pretty easy to remember, 440-946-9468. Uh, you can email us, radio, at MaximumVP.com. And then you can also tweet at us. We've got three ways to do that. We have our company handle, which is at MaximumVP. For Jack Mancini, you can get him at at JackMMVP. And for me, it's at Adam Sunhalter. So if there's things you, you want to react to that we're talking about that, that you'd like to, to, to chime in on, if you have questions of your own, um, happy to answer those as well. Be part of it. In the meantime, as Jack said, we're going to talk about do you know where all the money is hiding in your business? And I want to you know, just keep it a high level here for, for a few minutes. And one of the things that, that, that people talk about owning a company and, and some of the benefits can be that there's lots of ways you might take compensation or you, may, you might get some value out of the business. And you know, we've talked a lot on the air, too, over the years as well about this mentality of a, an ownership mentality versus a job mentality. And one of the things that best defines a job mentality, uh, it can be synonymous with, with a paycheck mentality, okay? And so whether you know it or not or believe it or not, most owners of small companies, a small fraction of their total compensation typically comes from the paycheck. So if somebody were to look at the paycheck of an owner of a company, most of them would probably wonder what in the heck is this owner doing all this stuff for to get that measly paycheck? Because often the, the paycheck for the owner may not be as much as many of the people that, that are working for the owner. And it, it isn't that, that the owner is necessarily undercompensated. It's the way that they the, – there's different ways to be able to kind of take money out of the business or to for get example, value out of the business. For, for example, throw one out there. Well, I got a couple different categories, right? Oh, okay. So I want to get—I want to get that, but I, I want people to understand. So, you know, why is this? Why should you care? I think that's part of what you're kind of alluding to at the, in your opening statement here, Jack. Why should somebody care about this? And there's, there's, to me, there's, there's, there's a couple of reasons. First off, it can be frustrating running a company. 
and there could be days where you just feel like or weeks that, that kind of go into where you, you know you almost i don't say what you, you want to give up but you can be very very frustrated right and we had a discussion with a with a uh uh, a, a former client a few days ago who was at that frustration point. You know, you're almost ready to kind of just walk well, away. Well, he was ready to explode, yeah. And his options were, well, based on evaluation. That's a big integral part, especially if you get frustrated and want to sell or just want to move on in your life. Right. The, so there are some days where you, where you, you, you might get very frustrated, okay? That's one case. You, you, you might lose sight of this stuff. One area where this comes up quite a bit is when there's a transition going on. So you, you, you mentioned valuations, Jack. So valuation usually comes when you're considering a potential sale of the business or you might be transitioning the business. So whether you're looking to, 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 to sell it to an outside third party or if you're looking to sell it or transition it to somebody internally, one of the things that, that again, often gets, gets lost sight of is all the stuff coming out of the business for the, for the owner. And, you know, many owners... You know, have never paid for what may may appear to be personal stuff to people. Hey, it could be a cell phone or something like that, right? Okay, hey, you know, chances are there there are many owners who've never written a, a check or you know, or ACH money to a Verizon or an AT and T or a Sprint, right? They've been they've been doing it, and you're going to name a bunch of them, but they've been doing this for so long that they don't even think about it anymore. That's and if correct. all of a sudden you don't have your company, you have to sit down probably for the first time in 20 years and write a check. How dastardly is that? That's, that's right. Or you may have gotten, as we've talked about it in, a, in a couple of recent shows, you, you may have gotten a phone call, an email, or a letter from somebody who wants to maybe buy your company. And they're asking you to pre- present stuff. And they might be talking in fancy pants terms like your hey what's your EBITDA Jack or what's your discretionary cash flow look like and you have no idea what in the heck they're talking about or why they're asking or how to respond so you say oh it looks good <laughs> that's <laughs> it's, right it's healthy or you'll, you'll sit there with a smile or if you feel you're you're looking foolish you'll put a tough guy look on your face it's just the whole situation becomes very awkward because you don't know what the heck's going on. You, the owner. So when you're when you're looking to, to, to make a plan for that, so again, whether it be uh, transitioning perhaps or responding to somebody like that at the, in the outside, or again, you're just having one of those days, it's, it's often helpful to kind of calm the waters by reviewing and understanding exactly how much value you're getting out of the business year in and year out. And we, we've been through this exercise with a lot of our clients. And, again, you'd be amazed if you ask an owner how much they take out. Most of them cannot tell you. They, they may have an idea or they have a sense for it, but most of them have never kind of taken, you know, pen to paper, so to speak, or pencil to paper or, or gone into a spreadsheet and kind of like, whatever it might be. But they, they haven't kind of just laid it out to be able to kind of understand, here's all the value that I'm getting out of the business. And so what I want to, what we'd like to highlight tonight is, is some of those areas, okay? And so we have, you know, certain areas that, that, that you're getting paid. You know, you know, I'll kind of refer to those as kind of the, the owner as an employee expense, you know? And before I, before I get too far into this, what's key to have here to start out is have your financial statements. So your profit and loss, your, you know, your P&L, and your balance sheet. It's key to have these things handy to be able to start to kind of look and investigate those things. So, you know, you're likely to have some some owners and employee expense. You're likely to have some what be might be classified as more kind of personal stuff. You may have some other professional stuff kind of going on. You may have some different development things that are happening. We'll touch on some of those. There are also some things that might not be showing up on your profit and loss statement might be showing up in your balance sheet like what oh okay all right so you may have some things there that, that again mm-hmm. we'll, we'll kind of we'll, we'll kind of touch on these things and but it, it's a key thing to do and we'll kind of walk through some examples here you know we have uh, one client we're working on w- w- with this recently you know would you believe it there's there there are 25 areas where they were going to be adding stuff back <laughs> to their their profit you know, when you, when you look at your, your, your P&L, your profit and loss statement, if you go to the bottom line, that bottom line is probably called something like net income, okay? That's the bottom line. It's the profit of the business. <clears throat> and what we're trying to do is start there, and what we're talking about here is starting to add things back to that number. 
to give you a, a true sense of kind of what's there. Yeah, if I were going to be buying your company, I may not want those things, right? So those have to be identified by me. You, in turn, you're going to identify those things because that's going to increase your profit because most of those are expenses we're talking about. And that's going to all ultimately uh, reflect on the selling price that you're going to be getting for your company. That's correct. And the ultimate valuation of that company, what, you know, what's, it, what's it worth? And again, as we discussed a lot of times before, people have a number often in mind. However realistic that number might be, but they have a number in mind today. If I get X, come on in tomorrow, and the place is yours. I'll walk away and and do something else. Not sure what, but I'll do something else. But it's key to to have a sense of what that change will look like. If all of a sudden now you're you're flying solo, all of a sudden you're no longer an owner of a company. You're just an individual Joe citizen now, right? And you gotta you gotta have certain bills that you know again or, or things that were there. How important are those things to you? So what I want to get into is I want to talk about you know that I mentioned the one client who who, who recently we're going through had 25 plus items. There's uh, another client of ours we helped with you know, a couple of years back who was doing a who was doing a deal. It was one of these transitional cases, and the 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 person he bought the company from had a very good idea about exactly down to the penny. And then some, in terms of what he wanted and what what he was getting, and that was something that he was prepared when he was when he was ready to to talk about the, the selling and, and negotiating what he wanted. And then he was, some. Yeah, he was very yeah. he was very clear and what and what all you know, he was getting, and so he probably wasn't as aware of it until he started to get ready to sell to understand. Okay, what's you know, what are the changes going to be here? Because you know, just selling and not being an owner anymore, Jack. That's a big difference okay that, just you know, that but there's also this again we'll call this financial impact where you know things you were getting before and all of a sudden again you, you got to pay for stuff so there, there are a lot of places where that might go so you know if you're you know if, if you're to print out your your, your profit and loss statement depending how big the font's going to be you're probably gonna have a couple pages of stuff <laughs> and you know you may have 50 60 80 100 different categories of stuff in terms of you know, handful of, uh, of sales or, or, or revenue lines that are there, but most of them are going to be expense lines. And a, so it's money money going out of the business. And, and to Jack, to, you know, to your point earlier, Jack, if, if I'm coming in as an outsider looking to value this thing, I want to know, hey, if, if I were to run this thing, how does it look? And so if I look just at that bottom line number, that net income, you know, that's not necessarily an accurate reflection of what the true cash flow is because I got some stuff hidden in there. That's right. I'm not going to be be using some of the things that you're using here and paying for some of the things you're paying. So, yes, it, it it's it's very revealing to do that. If you've been around uh, I've been around. If you've owned your company for a few years. <laughs> you've, you've been, been around, around the, too. Yeah, I don't been know around the block, Jack? Hey, been around the block. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll highlight here again. We'll share some stories. and We're up against our first break here. But I want to share some stories and kind of break into these different categories I was kind of talking about between things you're going to find on your, on your P&L as well as things that might not be on the P&L but are certainly of value to you as the owner. So these are key things. And so we've got some good stories to be able to share in terms of how to uncover and figure out where is all that money hiding in your business? How do you figure those things out? So we'll, we'll talk more about that as we come back. So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we're business coaches with a company called Maximum Value Partners. All right, stick around. We've got more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, wintradio.com. After all these tears between us. Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Welcome back. I'm your co-host, Adam Sonhalter. And I'm your co-host, Jack Mancini. All right, Jack. I got a, we got a quick public service announcement here we want to cover. It's something that's, that's happening here. So This is uh, WIT's Adam Sonhalter here. I'm asking for your help. Would you buy a teddy bear to console a child in distress? Well, many local police and fire departments give teddy bears to children when they are involved in tragic situations like accidents, fires, and domestic violence. 
The WINT Bear of Kindness program presented by Pat O'Brien Chevrolet continues through November 17th, and we really hope you can help us help our kids. Please bring new teddy bears to supporting sponsors, such as Next to Me Intimate Apparels and Mentor. All right, so help with the teddy bears. Teddy bears are great, and the smiles that they deliver are fantastic. Roll those teddy bears out, bud. That's right. Happy to be part of the team helping out here at WINT to do that. So... All right, so teddy bears could be a way that you can help to support and, and, and have money come out of the business, Jack. You know, we're talking about that, that tonight in terms of ways that, that monies might come out. Yeah, that's another, that's correct. That's a good way. So let me let me touch first on the, what I was classifying as kind of owner as an employee expenses, right? So you, you have some of those expenses that you got to think about. And first of all is like salary, for instance, okay? That's pretty straightforward. Now, often the case, though is many owners are are married or have significant others. And it's quite often the case that not only the, you know, that only one of the owners or, you know, one of the spouses is involved, actively involved in the company, but it's often the case where both spouses are taking salaries out of the company. So they're getting compensated. So maybe above market rates, whatever it might be, or below market rates, but often both people will be taking salaries out of the company in some form or fashion. Now, part of what often comes with salaries, too, is a, a hidden cost that most employees don't even think about, which is taxes. Now, many employees might think about it when they get their pay stub or they get their um, uh, W-2s at the end of the year, and they can see things kind of detailed out, and they'll see, here's your, you know, your pre-tax uh, salary or you know, wages, whatever it might be, and a bunch of these little boxes showing Suda, Fuda, FICA, and all a bunch of other gibberish, right? And it's all these different taxable things that are, that are going on. Well, what happens is not only you as the employee pay those taxes, but the employer also pays those taxes. Usually they're split, half and half, right? So there's, there's, there's some cost to that. So salary, you know, that's a pretty straightforward one, salary and, and those taxes. Now, depending on what your company is, there may also be things like health care, health care expenses that you're, that, that, that you're pulling out. And, uh, again, this is one of those areas that when you talk to people, often when they think about health care, Jack, they think about my copay or, you know, you know, whatever I'm paying for my prescriptions, but they aren't necessarily thinking about the total cost of that health care. And so... Uh, it's rare these days where you have a company covering 100% of those costs. Often now it's shared. Maybe it's 80-20. Company pays 80%. Employee pays 20%. Maybe it's 50-50, whatever it might be. But often the, the employee is now starting to share some of the costs. But the employer still, in most cases, covers the majority of those expenses. And so that's a nice benefit to have. And again, it's often not just the owner. It's, it may also be the owner's spouse and kids or whoever else but also there's there's a there's a value there that, 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 again that's again keep mind we're trying to do we're trying to uncover those hidden places where there's money in your business it's really money that's mm-hmm. going into your pocket to benefit you as the owner that you might not be thinking about okay so health care is one of those things now going out to dinner with your spouse to talk about business the company business um that's a hidden. That's that's a, a hidden as well. There are many hidden. Well, you got a list of hiddens there. So, yeah, and you're jumping. That, that that one's kind of more of what might be uh, categorized as a personal thing, right? Correct. I'll, I'll, I'll jump on those in a second. So, let me just say a couple more that I wanted to just touch on. on okay. On, uh, on the what I'll call more of the the owners, the employee expenses. So there's often um, companies these days, you know, it's not as prevalent in, the, in the small companies, but more small companies are starting to do this where they're offering some retirement accounts, right? Maybe it's like a 401k or something like that, or there's a bunch of different kinds that are out there these days. But so some, some sort of retirement account where uh, the employees are, are able to contribute dollars to that, but then there's often a, a matching portion of that from the company. I mean, maybe they match dollar for dollar up to a certain point, or maybe they match 50 cents on the dollar to a certain point, whatever it might be. But often, again, the company is trying to encourage their employees to prepare for tomorrow, to prepare, you know, prepare for that rainy day or you know, prepare for retirement. And so that can often be another expense that kind of, again, comes as, you know, you being an employee as the owner in, in terms of benefits that you're going to get. So that's a handful of those. That's And those are are pretty straightforward and again if if you were to to, to look at the, the the compensation 
that the owner is getting as that employee, again, I believe most people, 99 out of 100 times when you look at, at an owner, you'd wonder what the heck are they doing owning this company and only taking that, that little for it. Because, again, it's, not, it's often not as much as somebody else in the company is taking, and they're taking all kinds of responsibilities and risks and other kind of headaches that, that may not be worth what you know, just comes from that standpoint. So there's got to be more to it, right? I think I think many folks who aren't involved in owning companies kind of have a sense for this or maybe have heard about it, but they aren't quite sure what the heck it means, right? So that second category we started to, to touch on, Jack, in terms of kind of personal stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> likely there's a there's a category on your on your P&L. You should have a P&L handy as we're going through this, okay? So there's a category there called meals and entertainment. Meals and entertainment. And this has been a popular one. I know with with the change in the tax law that happened uh, last year or coming into this year, uh, that was one of the things that was going to be taken, basically taken off your P&L. They were saying, you you know, when it comes to a a tax standpoint, they weren't going to let you uh, you take that off as an expense for taxes. That's now changing again to where I think they're going to allow it again to be half, right? So, uh, but meals and entertainment, you know, to your point, Jack, you go to dinner, and if your spouse is involved with with the business, okay, you go to dinner, and part of your dinner time discussion is going to be talking about business, and yeah, you know, that's that's a natural part of what uh, you know of what happens. So, might there be a, a dinner or two per month that all of a sudden is expense to the company, because hey, you know you're out talking about, and a big chunk of the discussion was about business. It's very legitimate. And, you know, if one, once your company is gone, you don't have that ability to write, write off that expense. That comes out, well, you, get, you, you don't write it off because you don't have a company. You just <laughs> right. sold it. So that comes out of your pocket. Yeah, this is where things start to get a little blurry, right? It gets a little blurry in terms of what's considered personal versus business. And so let me, let me pause for a second. You know, so why would somebody do that, right, Jack? So... Again, at the end of the day, let me try to play devil's advocate here a little bit. Well, hey, you know, it's all your money anyway, Jack, right? I mean, so what does it matter if you're running it through the company or you're just doing it personally? You know, what's, you know why would you want to run it through the company versus just, just put on your own personal credit card and pay your own personal credit card for that dinner? It's going to be what's tax, the benefit? There's going to be tax reasons, first of all. Okay. That's probably the biggest one. That's right. And one of our clients here just lately got involved with uh, the mileage on credit cards that uh, don't show up in any expense report or any P&L or balance sheet. But you know if you're in rewards groups, and, and this particular company bought a lot of material as part of their operation. So they'd buy material, modify it, and sell it. So all the material they bought, they used credit cards to purchase it. Well, needless to say, the company was, you know, uh, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, well, more than that, millions of dollars, quite frankly, on their material costs, and most of it was charged on credit cards. So the mileage accumulation was huge. That was an asset that wasn't shown anywhere, and quite often it's rarely figured in that, well, I don't know if it's rarely not figured in, but basically it's something that most people don't think about. But that's a real... That's a real cost savings if uh, you're a bit of a traveler and an adventurer. Or those, those mileage can be uh, cashed back in, too. Yeah, those are, uh, I kind of categorize some of those, what I'm calling non-cash, kind of quote, quote, unquote, non-cash items, Jack. Oh, that's, okay. a great, that's a great right. example because it's, <laughs> yeah, it, it could be miles. Many of those things, depending what, what kind of credit card you have, many of those actually can be turned into cash, where literally cash gets sent to you. Right, and so that's even better. That's again much like when we talk about the idea of, of, of running an expense like a dinner expense through. So you know, if all of a sudden you, you have a hundred dollar expense for for dinner for you and your spouse, right? Well, again, if you're paying for that personally, it's a hundred bucks. After tax dollars, you're paying a hundred bucks for it. If it runs through the company, that hundred dollars an expense is going to reduce your profit, which is what, you, what, what you, you, you pay taxes on. Right. So, okay, you're, you're going to get a benefit depending on what tax bracket you're in. So that hundred dollar dinner, if you're paying taxes of thirty percent, well, you're going to save. You're going to save thirty bucks on your tax bill, right? Because you have a hundred dollar you know expense that's there. 
So your dinner only costs you seventy bucks, Jack, instead of hundred bucks. See, that's a nice little perk. Right. That's a nice little hidden, hidden value that uh, you you are aware of, but you really aren't aware of it in the, you know in a detailed enough way to almost say, man, what what a nice advantage I have here. So, and that's, uh, we're up against our next next break here, Jack. We have a lot of those. I want to kind of get get into these. That's where most of these things kind of come. It's that, it's that blurry, fuzzy, personal versus business thing, right? It's the kind of personal stuff that's kind of run through. But it's not really personal stuff for many cases. But, it, again, it, it's a matter how you how you approach it and how you talk about it. So we got we got more of those coming up in terms of stories about that and different examples. Of it. But make sure, if you don't have it yet, make sure you grab your P&L before we, get, before we come back to break. So stay tuned for more. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We've got more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, wintradio.com. After all these tears. All right, back at it here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We're helping to dig up some treasure for you tonight, right? Find out where that hidden money is in your business. Treasure, right. Who are you? I'm Adam Sonhalter. Who are you? Adam. I'm Jack. I'm Jack Mancini. You're my co-host, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. That's Last good. time I looked, uh, I think I was. think I am. You am. You am what you am. Like, <laughs> like Popeye? Popeye. I am what I am. <laughs> I like me spinach. Popeye the Sailor Man. Woo-woo. There we go. Usually we get some karaoke going about this time of the show, so we kind of get a little stir-crazy after the first half hour. But we're heading into the second half of the show, and we got some good stuff to share. We just started to dig in and uncover some of the, the quote-unquote personal stuff, where those, those blurry lines can, can, can be in the business in terms of what's a personal versus a, a, a business expense. And so you, you mentioned, like, dinner, Jack. I, I, I'll, I'll broaden that to even be kind of more... You know, that, that, that meals and entertainment line is going to be dinner. It could be lunches. There's a lot of meals that, that <laughs> That's right. as an owner, um, your food bill isn't isn't as high as maybe, what, you know, some of your employees. Okay? Because all, a lot the, of those... all the business-related stuff you're doing. That's, That's right. right. So, why don't you, why don't you uh, take just a few seconds and, and talk about uh, the valuation process, but very brief. Okay. Three three ways to value a company, and then as the stuff we're talking, adding that back to something what might make some better sense with okay. uh, everybody listening. So three, there's three broad categories when it comes to, to, to the ways people value the business. Yeah, what's known as the asset approach, and that's where it looks at your balance sheet, and they're they're looking at what what assets are there. And depending on what kind of company you have, if you have a manufacturing company, let's say, you probably have quite a few assets on your uh, on your balance sheet, you know, machinery and equipment, inventory, a lot of things like that, a lot of hard, tangible, physical assets. If you're in more of a service-based business, well, there's probably not too much of that as it relates to your business. You know, most of the assets you have are, the, are on two legs and they're walking in and out of the building uh, during the course of the day. But what it'll do is it'll look at, it'll look at the balance sheet and it'll, it'll look at the difference between your assets and your liabilities, and that's the, the difference is kind of that net, net, net worth or book value. And that's rarely used unless something's going to be liquidated and, and kind of sold for a fire sale, so to speak, because it's usually not the highest value. It's, it's, again, it's, it's, it's one way to look at it. There's a there's a market approach where we look at other companies. That's so asset approach is one. You have a market approach, which is the second one, which is looking at other companies that are like yours. So uh, there are public companies that are out there, and you know they're trading on the stock market. It could be on the New York Stock Exchange or the Nasdaq or somewhere else. And you know, as it relates to a small company, that gives you a little bit of guidance. But again, if you have a company that's got you know two thousand employees and people worldwide, and you've got ten employees in your company, you know, those multiples might not necessarily be the same in terms of what the value is going to be. But it's a way to look at it. So you can look at the companies that are, that are trading public, but you can also look at there may be other companies like yours that have been bought and sold recently. And there are different databases that you can tap into to, to, to get some of that get some of that information. The challenge there is often that self-reported stuff and the way people keep track of their numbers will often be a little bit different in terms of what's added back or not added back to stuff. So you have that, that, that market approach, which is used more often than the asset approach. And then the, the one that's most popular is, is the third one, which is the income approach. 
which is really boils down to cash flow. And I mentioned that fancy pants word at the beginning here about EBITDA and, 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 and cash flow or discretionary cash flow. And what they often refer to it is, you know, if you're a seller, they call it seller discretionary cash flow. If you're the owner, the owner discretionary cash flow. I'm trying to get a sense of again, how much cash is going to be generated out of the business, out of the operations of the business. And so what we're trying to get to is to get to that number because what they're going to do is the buyer will apply a multiple to that. Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take whatever that, that discretionary cash flow number you give me, I'm going to apply a multiple of one or two or three or four or five or ten times to that depending on what your industry is. Different industries are valued at different multiples. And so it's important to have as much of that stuff in there to make sure you're showing a true, hey, you know, I got a bunch of stuff running through. I have a, I have a bunch of dinners with my spouse or this or that that I've, that, that I've run through that, you know, it adds up. Those $100 meals add up over the course of the year. Maybe it's been three or $4,000, right? Well, I want to add that back because if I can get a multiple of four times that, four times 3000 that's $12,000. That's right. Uh, so yeah. what, what we're trying to do tonight is basically talk about those hidden values in your company that you probably have been taking for granted uh, and you would normally take them for granted until it comes time to value your company and ideally value it for someone who's very interested in buying it from you. So to Adam's point, you'd want to make sure that every possible dollar that that uh, we can call discretionary is added back to that profit, that net income, that bottom line. And then you multiply that number by the factor. And that's how you start to negotiate the sale or value of your company. And, you know, it, it gives support, it gives rationale, and it's, let me use this word, fair. <laughs> it's a fair process. And it's negotiated, but that's that's the kind of stuff you use to negotiate it. So you small business owners, uh, you know, this is a, a quick overview of how you go about putting a value on your company. Not your wish list, not, hey, I've worked 20 years in this company and uh, it owes me $2 million, $5 million, whatever, some arbitrary or emotional call out, which isn't, <laughs> isn't going to get you anywhere, ultimately. So there's a system for it, and this is a quick overview of that system and why we're doing what we're doing tonight. Yeah, so what they'll look at, they, I use that fancy word EBITDA, so it's E-B-I-T-D-A. Okay, what that stands for, it's an acronym. E is for earnings. So when we come back to the net income or profit, that's where you're starting. So you start at that bottom line. So earnings, this is the E, B is before, so earnings before. And I-T-D-A, it's interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Those are all expenses, and if you look on your P&L, you should see categories for interest expense. You may see some for taxes. Not, 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 the, not the payroll taxes we were discussing earlier, but there might be some corporate taxes as part of the business that, that, that's in there. And depreciation and amortization. So you sort of add those things back. That's how they calculate EBITDA. That's going to be your starting point to then add back the things we're talking about here now. That's the baseline. Now we're saying let's add back these other things that are not tied in necessarily to the direct operation of the business. And so he touched on a couple things, you know, in terms of the, the food. I think you, uh, that we talked about in the first segment too, Jack, the, the, the whole idea of cell phones. And now the cell phone may not just be you as the owner. Again, maybe your spouse and your kids and your parents. And, you know, we've seen all kinds of things where, because, again, we get cell phone plans and they add another person onto it. All of a sudden, hey, it's like 10 bucks a month or something like that, right? Whereas you do it by themselves, it's going to be like 100 bucks a month. So, yeah, you know, why not add that, you know, add that person onto it, you know? So cell phones can often be a big, you know, a big part of that kind of personal stuff. Vehicles. And let me take a minute on this one because this is, can be on your P&L. You may see like a, a vehicle expense or lease expense. And depending on what your, what your company is, you, you may have company cars or you may have vehicles that you do. That you, may, you may have vans or trucks or something like that where, again, these are, uh, you know, these are needed for the operation of the business. But also you as the owner have a car, have a vehicle, that you, that you, and you need a vehicle to kind of to, to get around. If you're leasing it, chances are you would see it on the P&L. You'd see a, a vehicle expense for leasing it. If you're buying it, however, and you take out a loan, let's say, well, you're not going to see that number on your P&L. That's one of those things that's going to be hidden on the balance sheet. You're going to see a, a, an auto loan that's there. And that auto loan is getting paid every month. This is where it might get a little confusing. It's not being expense. You aren't seeing an expense in your P&L, 
but you're you know there's a check being written or there's money being wired to, to, to cover that so that the cash in the business is being reduced by to, to pay that loan every month that's real dollars for you all right it's real dollars you know that's uh, that's being paid out not an expense but again so the, the auto piece can be either either or depending again if you're leasing it or if you've bought it and you have a loan that you're, that you're paying against it so you got to keep in mind in terms of how that works and again that might be for you as the owner you might have one for your significant other or you know, maybe there may be multiple vehicles that are in there but again you want to understand again what's what's part of it you know accounting can get pretty confusing and if you don't work at it and working at it can mean really just studying your own balance sheet and profit and loss every month uh, when when the month is ending and if you have QuickBooks generating these these statements you should print those out and ask questions of your CPA ask questions of whoever's preparing those those financial statements and have a discussion at least for an hour get yourself very familiar with all this stuff because it become overwhelming and when it does you get turned off most so many business owners just don't even bother because they don't understand it but yet it's an extremely powerful tool and very useful tool for many things much of and one of the things we're talking about tonight so tied into the, the whole vehicle thing jack is gas got to put gas in the tank to get these things going right and so there may be uh, gas cards you have that maybe you have them as the owner maybe maybe each your employees or if you have some employees that, that, that do a lot of driving they, they may get that as well but for again for you the same thing much like many owners have never written a check to to, to, to verizon or at&t they aren't writing checks to bp or speedway or sheets either you know again it's you know the, <clears throat> these are hidden expenses these are hidden benefits you know of you know what's the cost to fill up your tank 30, 40, 50 bucks. You know, if you do that once or twice a week, all of a sudden, hey, that can add up to some real dollars pretty quickly, okay, in terms of that. One of the other areas, and this this will, this will be dependent upon who owns the building that you're in, but quite often we see the owner of the business also owns the building. And so, and it's often in a separate company. And so you have the tenant, you know, the company is a tenant, and they lease the building from the, from the owner. Well, the owner owns both, right? Well, often it's a case where the rent being charged is above market rent. And again, it comes back to that whole right pocket, left pocket thing, right? Well, if my right pocket's the business, my left pocket's the building, they're still my pants, right? So, that's right. So, maybe I'm charging $8,000 a month in rent, but if I had a, you know, had a tenant in there who wasn't my company, I could only charge 5000 a month in rent. There's an extra three thousand that I'm charging to kind of get money in. Maybe I'm I'm doing it just to build up a, a slush fund for repairs to the building or the parking lot, whatever it might be. But you're gonna, I'm taking money out to have that kind of put there. So that excess rent of three thousand bucks a month is something that you want you'd want to add back. And that's you, your discretion as the owner. You're deciding, hey, I want to pay a little extra in rent because I want to you know help my other company out from that standpoint. It's okay. It's it's one thing that that you want to, again. If it's three thousand bucks a month, that's actually thirty six thousand bucks a year. At a four times multiple jack, that's a that's a big number. It's almost one hundred fifty thousand dollars, one hundred forty four thousand dollars. It sure is. Okay. That's real money, as they say. So isn't you want it? you want to be be sure you add something like that back, to, you know, as well. So if if you own the building, or maybe a, you know so a close relative owns the building, and if you're paying above market rent, that's a that's one that people often don't necessarily think about. Um, travel travel so again depending on your business um, it's rare that the owner doesn't travel at some point could be to see customers it could be to go to a trade show it could be go to some training could be whatever okay but there's often some travel involved as part of the business it's not unusual as part of that travel to have again a significant other or somebody else kind of tag along or to perhaps extend that travel. Yeah, you have At your annual business meeting somewhere. Uh, it could be anywhere, really. There's no restrictions on, on where. Right. And if your wife is an employee, assuming you're a male-owned company with a female spouse, you're basically uh, able to, to you know, have a, 
what would be part of a vacation as well as a business trip and go to some exotic place in the middle of the winter. It's very doable. That's a great perk. Yeah, I remember one of the, one of the first uh, clients we worked with way back when, Jack, and this is back when we were doing some of the valuation stuff and, and help people sell their companies. Um, they talked about and you know, they, they kind of became accidental owners of the business through a, through a death in the family and and the the, the one owner because uh, it was, it was the spouses were both in, in the business joked about hey you know we really enjoy our annual planning trip to Cancun every year where we discuss the business on the plane flight down there and then we expense everything because it's a it's a, a business trip right but even that, after <laughs> after a few years, and not really wanting to be in the business, that's why they're they're looking to, to be able to sell. He said, even that's not enough of a of a, a key for us. Yeah, to right. kind of to kind of to kind of do what we're talking about. But we talked about that in terms of when we're looking at the value of that company. Hey, that's something you want to add back. Hey, if you're spending three or five thousand bucks, you know, each year on your annual trip to Cancun. Your, your point, Jack, you could, you could go to Cancun to do that, or you could go to the local Sheridan and and, and, and book a room, or you know, whatever it might be. Or you could do it in your living room. They still have Sheridan hotels. They do. They do. <laughs> like Howard Johnson. There's one they do Howard, Howard Johnson, Johnson hotel in, in the country. In New York City, right? At the, I, I'm it's not on, sure where it's, it's at. On, it's on 42nd Street, I believe. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Or, 34th or 42nd Street, I forget which one, but yeah, it's it's still there with the uh, the orange roof. Right, yeah. right. It's hard, it's hard to miss. So I don't know if that was the first one or not, but yeah, so the point is, again, there's often travel stuff or, again, you know, very typical to say, hey, we're going to you know, one of our trade shows, and it's a, it's a four-day event, but I'm going to have my significant other come out you know, at the end of the show, and we'll, we'll extend the trip by a couple of days, do some sightseeing and everything else, and again, we'll expense stuff. So travel can be a, can be a big big part of that, you know, in terms of of an expense that again you're choosing as the owner to run it through the company, and it's a, it's a legitimate expense, so, you know, from the standpoint of hey, it's part of the business, and we've discussed ad nauseum, Jack, you know, on the air and off the air in terms of trying to find that button, that switch on our brains to, to, to turn off our brains so we don't think about or talk about business. And we know it's not there. Never so, happens. That's an invisible button. So if you have that framework to think about, you know, in terms of what's kind of going on, there's almost any part of your life you can make the case that, hey, this is can be expensive, part of the business expense, right? That's right. And that's, that's what happens usually. You've alluded to a couple times in the show here, Jack. You talk about you know, people have been around for a while. They've been in business for a while. Usually people don't start day one like that, but they'll start with something. And after you know the, the months and years go by, that one or two items, again, as I was referencing before, the one client we had where there's 25 items that are there. That's a lot of things, a lot of things that are, that are going on. So, but it's to have it in black and white to kind of put it down. It can become very, very helpful in many ways. So that's from the personal standpoint. Those are some really kind of key personal items to be kind of thinking about. Again, as you're kind of going through, what you want to be doing is you want to be going through that P and L, line by line, and understand what as you mentioned before, Jack. You ask questions. What's you know what is all this stuff? And so you should be able to see what's kind of going on as part of as part of your business, and it's hidden, hidden treasure. That's what we're talking about tonight. That's right. All right. So we have some more things when we come back from our from our from our break here. Other couple of categories I want to talk about. We'll be able to get into, but you know, this should be a good guide for you in terms of trying to figure out what is, where is all the money hiding in the business and what does it total and add up to so stay tuned we got more we got more coming your way i'm adam sonhalter and i'm jack mancini and we're business coaches with maximum value partners and we're talking dirty secrets of small business that's right we got more dirty secrets of small business coming your way here on integrity radio wint 1330 am 101.5 fm and online between us. We're back at it here, our final segment of this evening's program, Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And, hey, we're uh, collecting teddy bears tonight for actually for a couple of nights here. So don't forget that. We made an announcement before. And and uh, places like uh, Lake Med and Painsville and Kirkland Rehabilitation and Care. You can drop used, gently used and washed and clean teddy bears for little people who are going to be coming up the ranks here i think they're for new bears no gently used no no new bears new bears only 
Oh, okay, you're right. Not I gently think. used. That's a baseball glove. <laughs> Remember that new teddy bear. That's what we're gonna give you. I'm gonna give you some illness with this teddy bear too. You know, don't mind. No, no. I said it had to be cleaned and pressed. Yeah. Well, you know, some <laughs> things you can't clean off, Jack. So well, anyway, that, that, all right. That's true. Let's get back to unbearing our treasure. We've been talking about here in tonight's show. We have a couple other categories that we've talked about. Kind of, you know, the the owner as employee kind of expenses that are there. We spent a lot of time talking in the last couple of segments about the personal, quote unquote, personal stuff that can go through. There may also be some professional stuff that's kind of going through. So you as the owner, maybe maybe brought in a consultant or a coach of some type and kind to help with the business to kind of do some stuff to help uh, maybe do a project or to help do some training for you or for some of your team or, you're, again, you're, you're making an investment in yourself. That's you know part of this where you're, you're able to run stuff through. Maybe you had some, maybe you had some counseling for uh, you and your significant other because it can be very stressful to, to, be, to be running a company and you, you, you have them come to the company and the company funds something like that. So there, there, there may be some professional services that are being kind of run through. Um, you know, maybe, you know, from a, most people have their basic professional service having like a CPA doing taxes and stuff like that. But again, that's, there's a lot of things above and beyond that that you might start to kind of go where again, it's, hey, it's development for me or my team. Uh, that's the way it's going to be. So you can justify it as being an expense, but is it, is it necessary per se? I don't know. That's where we're going to – we start to make the case for here's what's what's happening. But, hey, I may think it's necessary, but you as the buyer, Jack, may not think it's necessary. So let me add it back. And if you say, hey, no, that's that's good stuff. I want to keep that. Okay, well, then we'll have that negotiation back and forth about what's what should or should not be included or what's necessary with that. That's right. Even, you know, the importance, and we mentioned before, the importance of you, the owner, understanding your financial statements. Financial statements by – well, I won't even get into that. But understanding your own financial statements. If you have a purist accountant uh, who's going to, to basically prepare the statements by the letter of not only the law but the spirit to an extreme, you may not quite agree with that. And there's a lot of judgment in, in d- establishing expenses and, and what could be uh, considered personal, what, what could be business. And the more understanding you have of your financial statements, the better you can steer, the better you can steer those conversations to maximize what you're trying to do. And that is to pay your legal taxes as little as possible, as long as it's legal. And legal has a lot of gray area definitions, and depending on your makeup, you might want to be more extreme than others, as long as it's in the gray area and legal. So keep that in mind, too, as we're going forward. And uh, Yeah, that's a good point, Jack. And uh, let me just reinforce here. You know, we've been involved with thousands of companies, and you know, we've seen financials of all different kinds of companies. And it is extremely rare where there's nothing to add back, the stuff we're talking about here. Where, again, there's not something kind of going through that you can make a case to, hey, we should be adding this back. Now, some are going to have a list of 20 or 30 items. Some may have a list of two or three items, Jack. I think that's what you're saying. There's a lot of a lot of wiggle room, a lot of gray area, a lot of interpretation in terms of what you know how people interpret the law and what's what's available, what's not available to kind of expense. And so professional, you know, that's another area. And then, I, again, I want to talk about, we've touched on a couple of these items, which are, again, uh, maybe more on your balance sheet that you wouldn't see on your P&L, but they're, they're real things. So we talked a little bit before about, you know, the, the whole auto thing. If, if, you're, if you're not leasing and you actually have a loan on it, you, you'll see an auto loan on your balance sheet. And as you're going through, you'll see, okay, well, that's a real cash number. It's cash going out of the business. It's not being expensed, but it's, it's a true cash that's not coming out of your pocket directly. It's coming out of the company, company's bank account. There are also uh, distributions, okay? So distributions are where checks are written to you out of the company. And one of the, the popular things that's done for is to help pay personal taxes, so if you have uh, your CPA and you're doing any tax planning, chances are you probably have some, some quarterly tax payments that, that you're making the, as far as estimates for the, for the year. And often what you'll do is you'll have a distribution that and the, the company's going to cut a check and pay that for you. So you aren't necessarily writing a, you know, writing a check to Uncle Sam or to your, to your state taxing authority or local taxing authority. You're doing it out of the company. And so that would come out in terms of distribution. Again, it wouldn't may, may necessarily be expensed. It's going to be just, again, cash coming out. Correct. Or you may have just distribution. Hey, you know what? I need to take some money out. I, you know, I, got, a, you know, I got a birthday party for the kids. It's going to cost a couple of grand. I want to take some money out. And I don't, you know, okay, so you, you pull money out of the business. That happens quite a bit too. So there's, there's a distribution line on your, on your, on your balance sheet that, that's part of where money's might be coming out of. And we also talked about 
things like like the, the, the credit card, okay, credit card points, which again could be actually turned into cash, or it could be turned into things that are, that are like cash, or they can. We have uh, airline miles, hotel points. Now, this is this is something that I think gets talked about even amongst employees, especially employees that travel a lot. Okay, hey, if I'm doing all this traveling around, well, do I get the miles on the airlines for that? Do I get my hotel points for that? Or does that stay with the company? And, do, and different companies will do things differently. That's a great question. That's right. And, and that's something that, again, you can discuss with your accountant. And if you're prepared and, and committed, you can get it your way, whatever that way may be. And again, as long as it's legal. That's right. And so there's, there's, there's quite a few of those that are, you know, you, you might see on the balance sheet, but like the, the, these credit card things you're talking about, these are not even on the balance sheet. It's not even kind of recording. It's, it's being tracked somewhere. So you almost may need a, a, a notebook to keep track of some of the stuff yourself or your own little spreadsheet to kind of keep track of this stuff, right, Jack? So it could be, it could be <laughs> important correct. To, to make sure it's going on. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're talking about evaluation. You're trying, you're trying to make and justify the highest valuation possible. And the person who's you know, who's may come to buy doesn't want to pay as they, they, they want to pay as little as possible. True, true. Of any negotiation when people are looking to buy and sell things, whether it be a company or anything else, so it's 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 incumbent upon you to be able to make that case because you understand the business and kind of kind of what's there. And then I wanted to save the the the, the dirtiest secret for for last, Jack. <laughs> They're always save the last or the best for last. So many companies also have cash going through the business, real cash. And so that cash often never shows up anywhere, but it goes into the, somebody's pocket somewhere. Uh-oh. So cash <laughs> won't show up if it's coming in. Hey, we're doing cash jobs on the side here. We've got somebody's paying in cash, and it, it gets thrown in a in a little lockbox here. And that lockbox, you know, we know owners that come in dutifully every weekend, and then they empty out that cash box. And they're taking a few hundred or a few thousand dollars out of something like that. So that's not going to show up anywhere either. But that's, that's, that, that's always a famous thing when people talk about bars or restaurants, and it's that wink, wink, hey, hey, I know the book's only showing this, Jack, but hey, I got another 50000 bucks of cash. And you're like, yeah, okay, okay. The wink and the nod. <laughs> right. That's right. So there, there might, might be some cash that's that's part of it, too, you got to think about. That's, but that's a tough one to prove, though. Right. So, so you got to be aware of it. So those are all things you want to kind of be be aware of and, and, and keep in mind when you're trying to uncover where all the, where all the money's in your business. So... Hey, we appreciate you being part of the show, part of the show tonight. And you can hear Dirty Secrets Small Business every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. If you want to get a hold of us in between, email us, radio at MaximumVP.com, or give us a call, 877-849-0670. Hey, learn more Dirty Secrets Small Business next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 1015 FM, and online, WINTradio.com. Between us, 